is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Centre Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Marr, and I'm joined just by uh, Jake Woolhead today. Uh, Fionn has extended his holidays. Uh, mysteriously enough, we got the text straight after the Washington game finished on Sunday, which was an uh, interesting time, to say the least, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. I almost booked the holiday myself after watching the Giants play, um, but that's a whole different story altogether. But I still think it's to do with Fionn's contract dispute. I don't think he's gotten through that. He's still a bit aggravated that we don't want to offer him any money whatsoever. <laughs> I hope you weren't booking tickets to LA for the Super Bowl in February because after that game on Sunday, I think the Giants may just miss out on it this year. That's the ultimate surprise, isn't it? We go, uh, we lose <laughs> the first game for the past five years every year. And now this is the year we finally go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> that could be, it could be it. Like, you know, this, I mean, uh, it's, on, it's only one week, Gi- you know. The Giants are definitely going to go to the Super Bowl. Like, they'll probably go watch it. They might buy yeah. a few tickets for themselves. The organization might get it, but they're certainly not playing in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. They could be uh, all on the boat together like they were a couple of years ago. Um, but since idea. Odell's not there anymore, I don't know whose boat they're going to use. I don't even know if it was Odell's boat. I think they just rented a boat. I'm sure Kenny Galladay has a boat. He could certainly afford one. <laughs> definitely with that contract, yeah, for sure. He can definitely uh, afford one. But all in all, Jake, was it a good weekend for you, though, even watching uh, the other games, despite, obviously, the, the hardship of uh, the, the Giants game? Look, it's hard to be a Giants fan just in general for the past 10 years. So uh, it is great to have football back. I love watching football. I love just being around football and hearing football on the background. And it was good because I started watching on the Sunday at 6 o'clock. I wasn't disappointed until 1 o'clock in the morning. So it was fine. I mean, I got three <laughs> hours of happiness and another three hours of sadness. So. Well, that's the beauty of the Giants being in the late slate of games, I guess. Your disappointment doesn't start until 1am rather than half nine where it normally would happen. And the greatest thing about this week is we play Thursday and that means my disappointment is on Thursday and then I have Sunday all free. (laughs) Guilt free on Sunday. So that means you just sit back and enjoy and collect all those winnings uh, from uh, various bets, I'm sure. Uh, Which actually is a nice little segue because we are going to have a a new portion of the show. It'll be a YouTube exclusive. um, So make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page. Under Center podcast, where uh, each week we are going to do a short little video about how you can sort of uh, beat the bookies, maybe give you a few couple of odds that we think can uh, make you a bit of money this coming game week. We'll try our best. I wasn't successful last week. Jake had you, I think, believe you had a win. I had a, a, a little cheeky win for myself there. Paddy Power offering a nice little bonus for, for doing a bet on the uh, Chiefs-Browns game. I, I had a cheeky little bet. Um, I had the Browns plus five and a half. Uh, if any of you remember, I said the Browns would win. That was my shock of the week. They were close. They didn't get it. But my bet came true, and that's most important of all to me. I had the, the Browns plus, plus five and a half. Travis Kelsey to score anytime and uh, the over at 50.5. And that came true. It was a nice little bonus to my to my week. But I did then lose it immediately on the Ravens game. So, well, I can't, I can't win them all. It's, play, it's playing with house money. <laughs> that was, uh, well, to be fair, that's a guilt-free bet because that's money that you didn't, you had already won. That was already your money. You, you didn't have to worry about it. It's kind of, that's your saying, betting with house money, you know, it's no lose. It's okay. 
<laughs> yeah, just keep going. I mean, if I keep losing house money, eventually I'm going to have to dip into my own pocket, though. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. And you know how to bet responsibly because that's what one thing that we certainly encourage here on the Under Center podcast. So this week, obviously, it is the first week uh, down of the NFL season. Uh, one week true. So this is the week where everyone is going to overreact so much to everything that has happened. Um, you know, because the Texans are going to go to the Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers are going to have the number one pick yeah. in the draft next year. The All these things are happening after just one slate of games. So we said instead of going through every game individually, we've come up with a few topics, uh, from a few talking points from the games this past weekend. And we're going to not talk about all of them. And we're not even going to decide uh, what we are going to talk about. We're going to let something else decide. And that is the big wheel of topics uh, name to be changed at a later date when I come up with a better one. I I like the big wheel of topics. All hail the wheel of topics. (laughs) The big wheel of topics. So, Let's get straight into it and we'll show you what sort of topics could be uh, up for discussion here today. So as you can see here on the screen, we have uh, various things. MV Russ, we're going to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson. Is Aaron Rodgers finished uh, in Washington beating themselves again? I think that was a... Uh, that was by uh, Fionn uh, texting and still want to be part of the show, even though he's not part of the show. So um, we'll see if that comes out. Is Urban Meyer out of his depth after just one game in the NFL? We couldn't. Have. Should the Falcons have drafted a quarterback? That's something interesting because that goes back to a topic that, Jake, you spoke about a lot in the offseason as well because you were adamant that, you, that this team should be completely um, transformed and completely... Uh, done from the ground up and started oh, all yeah. over again so oh, we'll yeah. see um so let, let's get into it let's spin the wheel and let's see who is going to come out first Da-da-da-da-da. is it where's it gonna stop urban meyer out of his debt so let's get into it uh the Jacksonville Jaguars had the start of this to the season that, well, I guess would nobody see it coming? Maybe apart from Fionn, who really doesn't <laughs> like Urban Meyer. But, you know, they went down 37-21 to the Texans on Sunday. Trevor Lawrence in his first NFL game struggled. Um, he was a, um, a true three interceptions, and tr- but also true three touchdowns. So, uh, an interesting game for uh, for Trevor. Um, Jake, what do you think? After one game in the NFL, everything that's happened in the offseason, is is this just a recipe for disaster now with Urban Meyer? I think everybody kind of just said it was going to be a, a recipe from disaster from the very beginning because Urban Meyer, well, we all know he's used to starting off quite hot and quite strong. Um, how is he going to handle a week one loss? He certainly didn't handle a lot of the offseason well. I mean... Hiring that the the coordinator, then hiring uh, Tim Tebow, and then giving this fake um, Minshew versus Lawrence battle, which obviously you're gonna start your number one overall pick and not the guy you are eventually gonna trade to the Eagles. Um, the game itself, I mean, there was a few bright spots. 
Lawrence, he's a rookie. He's going to have rookie mistakes. Some of them weren't great by all means. Um, he should have seen some of the some of the lads coming across the field there and not throwing an interception maybe. But um, I don't know. You, you would think being a generational talent, talent that everybody said he was, he might uplift the team. But maybe that coaching and roster just isn't strong enough to be able to, uh, to lift up. Yeah, it's definitely... Um... Moving away from the offensive side, the defensive side, that defense that really, really struggled against a mediocre, um, uh, mediocre offense with uh, the Texans, you know, brand, you know, um, Cooks, who you know, he does have a, a few highlight plays in him, but is not a consistent, you know, starting wide receiver. You can see why he's. Not he, he's been sort of there for one season at the Rams, one season at the Patriots, you know, um, and at the Saints as well. So, you know, it, it's it is difficult, you know. Look, that's it. Trevor Lawrence is everyone's expecting the sun, moon, and the stars from him just because he was the you know obvious number one overall pick. And, and you know, you have to remember that the jump from college to NFL is massive. So it's going to take a while for him to bed in. You know, this season should just be down as a learning curve. But, you know, the the, the report that, that came out just before the season started that Urban Meyer has become unhinged at times and, and players aren't really, um, you know, taking to his tactics, uh, I think is starting to bear fruit a little bit. It was interesting because um, he, I don't know if you noticed it um, with the Hard Knocks um, episode that featured the, the Jaguars preseason game against the Cowboys. At the end of it, you could hear on the mic with Mike McCarthy and Urban Meyer talking and Mike was saying, oh, how are you getting on? You know, it's a lot different to college. And he's like, yeah, I don't have to check up on grades. I don't have to make sure they're attending classes. I have a lot of free time and it's all just football. And is that maybe making him think too much about things? Is it like, is he checking too much on his players, making sure they're doing the right things? Is he sort of micromanaging them maybe a little too much in his staff as well? That that could be an issue that maybe he's going to have to realize is that you've got to lay off that these are these are men these are professionals you have to sort of give them that bit of trust that they're going to do the right things when they're not in the facility that they're going to you know eat the right foods or you know not go to the to the wrong places but but Jake what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. You can, you can start to see some of that kind of stuff, behavior creep in, I suppose. Um, he's obviously used to having to, as you said, take care of these players, making sure they're going to class. But these men now are men and they're not boys and they're millionaires. And they, uh, they're in a facility that is, is worth millions. Not that the college isn't, but again, this is the NFL. So it's one step again above that. So um, I'm just, I don't know. I, I was never a fan of the Urban Meyer hire and I thought that was a bit mad, but um, I don't know. What can you say about him? We just gonna have to wait. It is week one. We're all overreacting to it, but the reality is, we're gonna have to wait another sixteen more weeks, seventy more weeks, um, to see what he re- what he's really like. I mean, he, he he's probably not aiming for a winning season, or well, at least he shouldn't be. Uh, so yeah. it will be interesting for to, for us to see how he comes out of this and how he he rallies his players up. The one thing I did like about him in this game, particularly, was he left Lawrence out there all game, even when the game was out of hand. It, you have to get your rookie QB to take those lumps. He, he's losing the game. He threw three interceptions. He didn't help his team, but he still has to go finish the end of the game. So I liked that. I thought that was a good decision. 
Yeah, and I think you're right, Jake, especially he does have to keep him out there. He has to um, make sure that he, he goes through um, all these uh, these plays, get the get that experience uh, for for Lawrence for going forward um, for sure. Uh, and But to be fair, it's not going to get much easier for them because next up they face the Denver Broncos. Uh, at home so it's not going to get any easier and you know Von Miller coming in and you're saying he's going to get uh, he had to get a few bumps against the Texans I'm sure he's going to get a lot more against Von Miller and if Bradley Chubb is fit on the other side as well so it could be another difficult uh, afternoon incoming for for Trevor Lawrence and co but look let's go back to the wheel let's go to where hell the wheel the big wheel of topics we are going back to, um, and I realised that you actually couldn't see the wheel the first time. Hopefully, we fix that issue here now. But let's uh, let's have a quick look at this. Let me just get it here. Should be able to see it. Ah, we are back. Perfect. The wheel. The wheel. Oh, the wheel hey, is back. The big wheel of topics. So let's go. Let's spin this wheel and let's find out what is our next topic to talk about. Herbert mm. Meyer's back again. So <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. I think we've talked enough about Urban Meyer for one evening. So let's let's leave. That. Let's go back to the wheel. Spin one more time. Oh, hell, the wheel. Is it gonna be Aaron Rodgers? Oh, stop. Is it gonna be Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Yes. Is Aaron Rodgers finished? In tr- I I know the headline probably is a little true too dramatic, but <laughs> we're looking at it in terms of. They're just off a 38-3 loss to the New Orleans Saints, the Drew Brees-less New Orleans Saints, the Jameis Winston New Orleans Saints, the Jameis Winston New Orleans Saints who threw for 150 <laughs> yards and still had five touchdowns. How? Like, that's, that's, you don't even understand how that could happen so most of the time. But it, it was field position because if it wasn't a pick, it was a – he um, it wasn't a pick, it was, you know – uh, field position from the punt, um, but uh, Rogers, Rogers really, really struggled. He had a uh, fifteen, he of, <laughs> fifteen of twenty-eight for one hundred and thirty-five yards and two interceptions. Now, there's a there was a theory going around Twitter <laughs> after this game, and I I know you're laughing because you know what it is already. I was hoping I was hoping this would be brought up. <laughs> <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers is doing the ultimate sort of inside job where he's destroying the Packers from inside by purposely playing badly. I don't necessarily be- necessarily believe that, but it was a tough afternoon on Sunday for, for Aaron and co. It certainly was. It didn't look great at all. Um, it was just bad all around. I don't think the Packers defense knew how to defend or how to block or how to run or do anything. It just looked horrific defensively. And then you can't even mention the offense. I mean, you're supposed to be like last year's MVP winner. He can't. He throws two interceptions in the first game. Maybe missing some of that training camp might have affected him more than he thought he was. He is getting up there in years, so maybe it did. Um, it was certainly hard to watch. Um, sitting through that game as a Packers fan must have been excruciatingly painful. For me as a Giants fan, which we might get onto at some point, it was hard to watch against the Broncos team. But you have an MVP in Aaron Rodgers. You don't have Daniel Jones, so like you should be hurting a little bit more than I was. Uh, that was just hard to watch, though. That was I don't know where the problem lay. 
I'm hoping, I would love to believe it is an intentional tank job by Aaron Rodgers because I think that is just a golden move because, like, you know, he he's he's capable of doing these sort of things. So he would absolutely do it. So, Dara, let me ask you, how many games do you think it would take for Aaron Rodgers to intentionally tank before they just put uh, Jordan Love to start? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't think there is any games. I think they would play him till the end of the season. <laughs> he is on way too much of money not to play. The media storm that would come from dropping him would be crazy. The pressure on Jordan Love would be crazy. And to be fair, when Jordan Love did come into the game, he wasn't too great on Sunday at the end of the third quarter as well. That's how bad it got. Like, normally if it's there's like six or seven minutes left in the game, you can be like, okay, now we'll get into Now we'll, uh, we'll throw the uh, the rookie or the second choice in. You've had enough there, Aaron. But one, two minutes left in the third quarter, so they had to play the whole fourth quarter. But, you know, I think um, by halftime, um, I think – the Packers offense had only run about 12 plays. So Rodgers wasn't even able to really warm up throughout that game. Like the Saints just kept the ball for so long and wound the clock down for so long as well that, um, look, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is finished. Like he's playing Detroit on uh, on Monday Night Football this week. You saw what the, the 49ers could do to them. Um, putting up, I think it was a 41 points it was in the end that they put up against them. And that was with Jimmy G. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have an okay game on Monday against against Dan Campbell's Lions. I don't care how many knees that Dan Campbell tries to bite. It's I don't think that um, Rodgers is going to struggle like he did uh, on Sunday. But it's just a bit of an eye-opener. Um, and the jokes being made, I, I caught a little bit of the uh, Aaron Rodgers um on the Pat McAvee show that he does every week. And, you know, they joked about the the fact that the last time a team lost uh, 38-3 to the, uh, to the Saints went on to win the Super Bowl, and that was Tampa Bay last season. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. It is a tough loss. You know, it's I think the, the surprising aspect and, and the of it was definitely um, – the biggest factor, but yeah, I don't like, I, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers finished. And I think, um, I think he'll get back to his, uh, to his usual self in the next game starting Monday. But what, what do you think? He definitely will. I think we're all overreacting. We all like take the fun out of it because uh, at the end of the day, it is week one. You're talking about an MVP, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, probably one of the greatest in, in a long time to be able to do it. He's not going to be spending 17 weeks doing a, doing a drop on the two interceptions every week he certainly won't he played bad last time he was in florida he, he played bad last time he was in florida before that so maybe he just doesn't like the, the humidity in florida i don't know but um yeah, then he won't be I, doing he won't be doing a tom brady and then moving to uh to tampa then to finish no, his career if he leaves no, uh, green bay next year You'll probably go to Denver or something like that, somewhere nice and warm and cozy. But it was funny. I did notice after the game, I I, I had Devontae Adams in one of my leagues, and I was getting real low ball offers on Devontae <laughs> Adams there because they just assume, like, if you come to me at the wrong time, maybe you get it. But uh, that yeah. was no, I had Devontae Adams in one of my leagues as well, and I wasn't getting any offers for him. Um, I'd reject him straight away, and I have Aaron Rodgers in another league, and the same thing. I'm going to keep him there. Gonna, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep him in the team. He is going to come good eventually. So Green Bay fans, 
who are worried rest easy and sort of other fans especially in the nfc north who were looking at and maybe pointing and laughing just be careful just be careful you know he's he's one bad game doesn't turn Aaron Rodgers into a bad quarterback the, so the guy the guy that sent me the trade request knows i'm a giants fan and sends me a trade request for saquon for Devante. i mean i'm not dropping a top three wide receiver for like a 15 fancy running back <laughs> coming off an ACL tear on a terrible running team. <laughs> That's it, especially. Especially when you have someone like uh, like uh, Jason Garrett calling the plays, you'll never get anything good out of it too. So, well, look, that's a topic maybe that we can bring up on the big wheel of topics because we're going to go back to it. Let's Hail see. the wheel. If we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, Giants football, but let's let's spin that wheel. There's no Giants football on that, is there? I don't think there is. I'm trying to keep your hopes up, Jake. Happy days. I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Matt rules the rest of the NFC South. So the Panthers started off with a fantastic, well, fantastic, maybe over-exaggerating, a good uh, 19 points to 14 win over the New York Jets uh, in Carolina on Sunday. Sam Darnold gets his revenge on his former team, throwing for a touchdown, a 50-yarder to Robbie Anderson, and running in for a rushing touchdown as well. Also, shout out to a friend of the show, Colin Thompson, who put in a pretty nice block for uh, Sam Darnold for that 50-yard touchdown pass. So, uh, we don't worry, uh, Colin. We're seeing you on that, and some good blocking there for sure. Keep that up now for the next couple of weeks. But the question is with uh, Sam Darnold under center, them getting their first win, Christian McCaffrey having uh, a really good game on his first game back from injury, also on the defense. Shaq Thompson having a game as well, an interception, a forced fumble, multiple uh, breakups, fantastic game from him too, and some really good other pieces on that with Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin as well, just to note a few. Is there an opportunity here for the Panthers this season to possibly take that second spot in the NFC South and who knows, even possibly get a wild card spot? Yeah, it's certainly possible. I think um, anything's possible when you have Christian McCaffrey as your running back. I think it, you could put J, uh, Jimmy G in a quarterback for the Panthers and you probably would have ended up with the same results um, as that game. I, I like Sam Darnold, but I don't think he was fantastic in the game as much. He did have that really nice long touchdown pass. You mentioned he had that Robbie Anderson connection, though. That was really nice to see. I'd say Jets fans are hating looking at that now, to be fair. Um but, yeah, there's a nice chance for the Panthers to sneak in here. Will they get it? I don't think so. I, I feel like there's probably the Saints are probably going to sneak in um, instead of them. But um, we'll have to see about that. I, I don't know. There's still some suspect on that um, the offensive line for me on the Panthers. Yeah, there is a few issues on the offensive line, um, which will have to probably be addressed at some point. Um, I don't know if they can address it now with maybe some free agent signings, maybe if there's a trade in there somewhere, but it, it is, I thought, I did think that it, um, it, Sam Darnold played okay, like you said. I, he, he didn't pull up any trees. He, he wasn't absolutely fantastic, blown out of the world, but the thing is he was consistent. He, he was there ticking it over there, sort of similar to to Teddy Bridgewater was in the start of his, his Panthers career last year, you know, ticked it over, made the right decisions, made the right throws. So 
just as long as he keeps doing that and it, it'll be interesting to see when the first sort of you know adversity comes along with 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 Darnold and, and the Panthers to see if he's going to make the continue to make those right decisions like try not to force it into some into like you know a disguised double coverage or um try to see those sort of things and he can sort of keep doing it with like with that Christian McCaffrey if, if he is unsure about a pass to a DJ Moore or a Robbie Anderson um you know you've always got that pass to to McCaffrey there and he will you know, more than likely not get you three, four, five yards to help, you know, keep the game going th- going forward. So, you know, I, I liked I liked what what they're sorry and the Jets did and um liking what, what Rule is doing. Like I said, the defense played quite well yesterday or on Sunday, I should say. So yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens uh, going forward forward with the team. But Jake, is there any other points you want to make on on that game and, and on the Panthers or even on the Jets before we move on. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the kind of game plan from Matt Rule there and that game was kind of make sure Sam doesn't make any mistakes. It was a conservative enough game plan with the odd shot thrown in there, which I like because it wasn't overly conservative and it won you the game. So there's not really much else you need to say about it. If you won the game, you won the game. Um, on the Jets side of the ball, I thought Zach Wilson started out a little bit slow, but encouraging, I think, uh, performance from him um, on a, a weaker Jets team. But him and Corey Davis have this really nice connection, which I really like. Yeah, it do, it, they do, um, which I think will continue for the rest of the season. The one thing that I don't like about the Jets' um, offense is they have the rookie running back and the rookie a quarterback combination. I don't like that. Um, with Michael Carter and and uh, Zach Wilson, I like that experience. I know they have um, what's it? They have a uh, Tevin Coleman there as well. Um, so he is there too. You know, not the running back that he was with the 49ers and for with the with the Falcons. But you know, I, I maybe if there was someone else, like. Latavius Murray would have been perfect for that team and maybe he could have ended up at that team if it wasn't for the injury issues at the Ravens and him going then to the Ravens instead. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, hopefully things can uh, can get better for, for the Jets because you'd like to think that. And like with Robert Salah as well in his first head coaching job, you want to hopefully see some improvements with the Jets and we won't say now in a couple of weeks that the Jets are doing Jets things again by... There was in every game. Um, but let's get back to the wheel. I think probably we have time for maybe one more, do you think? I think we Talk can fit one? one more wheel spin. I, I think so. One more spin on Hell the big wheel of topics. Let's go. Here we go. There's a few interesting ones there. Um, is there anyone that you're looking for there, Jake? Oh, I'm I'm liking the Falcons draft QB one. Oh, Oh, it looks like it's going to be Fields of Dreams. Fields of Dreams. So, Justin Fields uh, made his debut on Sunday. Uh, at times, uh, in the in the uh, Chicago Bears, 14-34 to loss to the LA Rams on Sunday Night Football. Andy Dalton was the starter. You know, a lot of talk, and, you know, we, we know a, a good few uh, Bears fans. We obviously are... Uh, we know the guys there at the Irish Bears show as well, and and they've been obviously breaking down the uh, the game from last Sunday, and you know it what it seemed to be a tactic that Dalton threw quickly but didn't throw far, 
if you know uh, if you know what I mean. He, he was sticking to those short passes to keep the chains moving, to nullify the effect of Aaron Donald, and to also um, maybe not get into uh, trying to bomb it downfield and maybe cut out by the likes of Jalen Ramsey as well. So, you know, I actually didn't hate the tactic um, by Matt Nagy to do that um, because, you know, you've got to account for these people. You can't expect an Andy Dalton to stay in the pocket for um, for two, three seconds to bomb it downfield and give Aaron uh, Donald that time to, to hunt you down um, because you won't make the pass. On the upside of things, though, as well, when you saw Justin Fields come into the game, you saw that sort of little bit of hesitancy from the Rams' defensive line um, and maybe from the linebackers especially because he's got the legs to go. If he has the legs to run as well as as well as pass, and you know the guys, the Rams defense know that Andy Dalton's not going to run. Even for the rushing touchdown for Fields, you could see that just the the read option and and using the legs is definitely a, a weapon that the Bears have to explore more. And you know, there's I know that the Bears fans want Nagy to use Fields straight away, but you know he had he watched Patrick Mahomes sit a year in Kansas City behind Alex Smith so he could get used to being in the NFL surroundings and obviously look we see where Patrick Mahomes is now and you know that's it I think in this sort of thing I think patience is a little bit of a virtue here Jake that um I think I think if you wait and allow Justin Fields to get comfortable he his time will come and it could possibly be worth it yeah, I mean, I have a few thoughts. You mentioned that and Dalton really didn't throw it down the field much. I did listen to another podcast, I think it was the MMQB, and they mentioned that of uh, the amount of times that Andy Dalton threw uh, 20 yards or greater was, um, I think it was zero. <laughs> um, yeah. He didn't hit a, a pass like that over 20 yards. I mean, I can understand the conservativeness of Matt Nagy uh, facing that, uh, such an elite defense like the Rams. But again, if you have such a high, highly drafted quarterback like Justin Fields behind Andy Dalton, why are you playing conservative? If you want to win the game, you don't want to be conservative playing against a team that, like, I mean, it has firepower on the offense and defense. So, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the conservative game. I'm not a fan of um, sitting Fields. I think you, if you draft him that high only to sit behind an average quarterback, I, I think that doesn't make sense. He's probably better than Andy Dalton. Get him in, get his lumps, let make him learn. Um, you're going to have a losing season anyway, really, if you're the Bears. So you may as well get him in early, get him, get him used to the speed. I mean, he's going to get hit by Aaron Donald. So just get him hit now yeah. rather than later. Well, I think I think the preseason game against the Bills and that hit he took um, where his helmet went flying, I think that was maybe a little bit of a like, uh-oh, we've got to maybe protect him a little more. Maybe don't just throw him out there because... Let's be real, that, that offensive line for the Bears is not great. You had 37-year-old Jason Peters there playing left tackle who had to leave the game as well. So they were down to their third string left tackle um, at some point during the game. And if you had Justin Fields in there, Aaron Donald was purposely putting himself on the right side of that defensive line so he could get at him. So I think it was the right decision uh, by Nagy. Look, they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals next this Sunday. So possibly we might see a little bit more Fields. But saying that the Bengals defensive line was quite good against the the Vikings last week too but also the Vikings have a questionable offensive line as well so it is interesting 
Um, we'll have to see what happens there. I, I, I am more on the side of letting Fields sit for a little longer. Give it to maybe halfway through the year. Um, keep doing these where I, and it seems as though a lot of the, um, not a lot of the teams, sorry, I should say, um, them and the 49ers are sort of doing the same thing for selected plays. We're bringing in the rookie. We're bringing in the Trey Lance. We're bringing in Justin Fields, and we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So I kind of I like the idea of doing that. You know, you give him a taste, um, and you don't put all the pressure on him. Uh, I think that that would be the good thing to go with forwards um, with with Chicago. What I like about um, putting them in the rookie quarterbacks for just one or two plays a game or whatever it is. It gives the the defensive coordinator of the the team next week. What are they gonna do package wise for this rookie quarterback? Obviously, he plays Justin yeah. Fields plays a different game than Andy Dalton. Uh, same with Trey Lance. I mean, it gives you this like second doubt. What are they gonna do? Because then you're gonna rely heavily on what you've seen, and then they're just gonna go the other side. They're gonna hit somebody else on, and you're gonna be double coverage on one guy or something like that. That's what I like um, about putting yeah. the putting the rock the rookie guys in. For that kind of shorter, like just one or two plays a game, um, I I would like to see Justin Fields start way earlier than halfway through the season. I want him probably in there week four, maybe week five. But I just don't see the benefit of starting Andy Dalton over over Justin Fields. If you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton, why are you going to start him over Justin Fields? Yeah, well, maybe they believe that with Andy Dalton, they can get that playoff spot, that wild card spot. Um, and I think while they're still in the conversation for that, they will keep starting Andy Dalton. And I think when that situation is out of their hands, then you sort of really have no excuse to not start Justin Fields. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's understandable. I get that, but I, I still think uh, just like you're not even if you get the playoffs, like it, it would take some Nick Foles good big dick energy to make it to the Super Bowl. And I just don't see Andy Dalton there. Yeah, but I don't think maybe the beer, beers, Bears organization truly believe that they are a Super Bowl team. And I think it would be a little naive for them to, to actually believe that they are too. So they are a play, uh, you know, a borderline playoff team. Um, so if they can't, that's their goal. And if they're hitting their goal with Andy Dalton as a starter, then look, keep it going. See what happens uh, in the future with that because they still have to build up that roster. They still have to beef up that offensive line. They still have to look at their defense instead because um, I think it was uh, Eddie Jackson had a really really poor game uh, on on Sunday. So he'll have to sort of you know he is meant to be the the anchor there and with the defensive back. So he's meant to be the main guy. So we'll have to see. Um, what happens there with him too? So, uh, any other things to uh, to note from that game on Sunday? You know, I, Matt Stafford looked uh, pretty good in his uh, in his debut for the Rams. Yeah, um, two things for totally unrelated reasons. I would like the Bears to go zero and seventeen this year, and that's nothing to do with any future picks that the Giants have that the Bears have given them. Um, <laughs> my other point is, uh, you can see the clear difference on the Rams side now that they have a competent quarterback that you don't have to worry about once the fifteen second mark cuts off on that timer when your microphone cuts out. Sean McVay no longer has to worry about the defense changing up the look and Jared Goff going. 
what do I do now at throwing the same pass to the defensive player there? So you can see that the he he you can he trusts Matt Stafford because he's seen a lot of looks. He's been in the league a lot long time, so it certainly makes the uh, the Rams a, a much more potent offensive team. Yeah. I'll I'll hold judgment before I decide whether or not Matt Stafford is the savior of the Rams. Well, maybe like not said, the it's, savior, but you certainly it, you could he's, he's a good step above Jared Goff, and you can't lie about that. He is, he is, but I don't know. I think it, it was a game that was perfect for him to play in because there was no sort of how could you say it? Like it was just there. Everything was just open for him. You know, he threw it to one person and. The Bears couldn't make a tackle to save their lives on Sunday. So I think, you know, his yards sort of looked better through, you know, a lot of, you know, yards after catch. Um, so, look, we'll, we'll see. We'll see going forward with Stafford. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'm holding off judgment. We'll see. We'll see. Let's see when he gets to, to play a, a decent opponent um, uh, with, with proper, like, playoff Super Bowl aspirations to see if he can, if he can still – you know, uh, play as well as he did on Sunday, but nonetheless, he did play very well, and I want to, I want to make sure that I give him props for that. But Jake, before we go, I'm going to pick out a topic that, um, I know it's it's on the wheel. We haven't gotten to it, but I think we should talk about it because we talked about it before, and that was the Falcons. Uh, yeah. The Falcons um, lost and lost badly. Now, I did have them to lose on Sunday. I actually did think the Eagles were going to play well, um, which they did, to be fair. I think Jalen Hurts played very well. Um, so did uh, all the offense, to be fair. But that Falcons offense was awful. Absolutely awful. And Matt Ryan was terrible as well. And, you know, their, their first-round pick, Kyle Pitts, I think he had three to seven yards in total. He was no like he was not used at all, and he was not effective at all. And you know, it, it, it's it's like I said at the start of the show. It's something you've talked about before. It's this team should have been dismantled from the bottom all the way to the top, starting with the quarterback. They got rid of the big contract in Julio Jones. You know, they're moving on as Calvin Ridley is going to be the main guy, which is a good thing. I think Calvin Ridley is a star, and I think he's going to be a really good receiver. But, you know, Matt Ryan, just he really struggled on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I did say it before. That team is just bloated, and it's just not going to go anywhere. What you're going to do now is you're going to have to hope that you, you get a low enough pick next year that you can go for a quarterback class, which by all accounts is a really weak quarterback class, and we already know the Giants are probably going to be in play for it, and certainly other teams are going to be in play for a quarterback. So you're going to have to see if you're the worst team to try and get them. And they're going to, like, I can't see them playing Matt Ryan for another year, and they shouldn't. They should have, as I said, blown up every kind of valuable asset on that team, gotten picks, trying to get a quarterback this year. And, well, I mean, they could have taken any one of uh, Kyle Pitts or Mac Jones, or not Kyle Pitts, uh, Justin Fields or Mac Jones um, at number four. But, um I mean, what are they going to do now? They're going to suck offensively because the quarterback's not great. The offensive line isn't great, um, and, and the running backs aren't great. So they're relying on uh, one one wide receiver plus um, plus uh, a tight end who who hasn't started off very strongly. Um, 
I don't know. It's just you're going to be in that. Maybe they they squeak out four or five wins this year, maybe six, and that puts you in the probably ten uh, pick range or the, the something like that, eight, eight to ten pick range. Are you really going to get a quarterback and a weak quarterback at eight to ten? They're probably going to have to sell the house at that point. So they're probably, probably. just going to go on that carousel of uh, having a, a good enough quarterback to to get you a few wins, but uh, but not good enough to get you all the way to to the Super Bowl again. Well, that's it. And if it's not in, in the draft, it's going to be through free agency. But, you know, there's a reason why quarterbacks go on, on the free agency market. And it's not because they're fantastic and they just wanted the change of scenery. So it's, yeah, it's, I think they, they really missed a chance. Like you're saying, this quarterback, um, this quarter, this uh quarterback uh carousel that we spoke of that they could be going from a new one every year because it's not quite quite fit quarterback class coming in the new draft like you said i'll take your word for it because i haven't followed it as much as not as good as this year's where they could have it could have had a justin fields or a mac jones so you know it could be some dark days ahead for falcon fans and it could be a tough couple of years and um, with just this decision and it, it shouldn't be on Kyle Pitts because he doesn't choose who drafts him, um. So it's it's interest. I, I, I hope he still does have a good career because he was fantastic with with the Gators and he's going. To, I think he is going to be a really really good tight end and I hope it's with Atlanta. But it's going to be a tough couple of years down there now if if the season continues as how as how it has started. Problem with picking Kyle Pitts like that and now having a weak team is now you're probably talking two to three years before you're kind of good enough to be in contention again for a playoff spot. And then by then you're coming up to his contract, you're going to have to pay him big money if he performs well. It's kind of similar to Saquon Barkley picking him at two while you have no quarterback, no offensive line. It's just like you're going to have to pay him big money and then you're going to hamstring your your, your team. But I mean, pay Saquon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, that's it. And if you can, well, I don't know. Like you're, this actually, it's interesting. But we'll pivot over quickly to it because, um, you know, I I kind of have a hot, not a hot take, but I have a different probably take to you would have maybe with the Giants and and their issues because, like you're saying, Daniel Jones is probably not the guy. But I'd look deeper into that, and I I would say it, it's Jason Garrett that has to take a big brunt of this. I yeah, think, um, yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think, well, I mean, Daniel Jones, I think he's good. He's quite, he, he's good. Maybe he's not the best, but he certainly is a lot better than Jason Garrett makes him out to, to be. There's no creativeness in any of that game plan. It's all sticks. It's all nothing. There's no kind of cool new tricks that a lot of the, the younger offensive coordinators are getting into. And I, there's guys, you've seen the, the, the Broncos. I don't know if you watched that match, but Teddy Bridgewater had, every wide receiver five yard separation and that's not just due to how good and they're they are good um but it's due to scheme and if you have a better coordinator and the problem is they're not going to fire jace garrett in the season because they're never going to install a new games or a new system offensive system during season so we're kind of stuck until the end of the year with jason garrett yeah and and i i still it is still a crazy decision um, to, to install him because you know, Gettleman had first hand look at how bad he had gotten with the Cowboys, and he still decided, you know, that guy 
that guy Garrett, I love the way he claps his hands, man. I think he really gets the best out of this team when he claps things, his hands. Um, Jason Garrett does well is chew gum and clap hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's it, yeah. I, again, we talked about how it could be a tough year for the Falcons. It could be a tough year for for the Giants, but it shouldn't be a tough year for the Giants with the talent that you guys have, especially on the offense with Galladay, Shepard. Barkley coming back, okay, there's still some questions over how effective he'll be coming off the knee injury, but he still is a good running back to have. Um, and on that defense as well, you got so many stars on that defense that, you know, it shouldn't be as difficult as it was on Sunday. You know, it was, it was like, it was a pretty low quality in general. You know, there wasn't a lot of, like, I, I'd be honest, I wasn't watching the game live. It was, I was on red zone, so it was transferring over to. And because in the late games, there's less late games, they have to show more of games that they probably wouldn't want to. And that was probably the Giants game. They had to show more of the Giants game than they would have liked. Um, but it, it looked like it was just tough um, for the Giants to get anything going at all. And when they did, you know, if it was a drop pass, it was Daniel Jones fumbling again. You know, everything seemed to just go go against them on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the defense didn't have a good performance. And if you, like last year, the Giants defense was, I mean, top 10 at least, maybe if not higher, top eight maybe defense. And they regressed. Maybe it's just the first game. Maybe it's just kind of all these new things they weren't sure or whatever. But there was just like Logan Ryan, the defensive back for the Giants, uh, caused the fumble, picked it up, and we end up at our three-yard line or something like that. And the preceding three plays were a run up the middle with Saquon Barkley for two yards, a pass to the flat with a fullback for two yards, or incompletion even, um, and a pass to the flat on the other side to a tight end, um, which gained two yards, and then your uh, punt. So, I mean, it was just, I don't understand the game plan. I don't understand the plays being called offensively. There's just, no, it's not doing anyone any favors. So, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping somebody makes a change offensively, at least to make some more creative plays or creative play calling would might even get me uh, a bit more excited. Yeah. And look, maybe, maybe we might get some more creative plays when the likes of, Cadavius uh, Tony comes into it, comes into that offense because he he still has to come into it and there is a lot of hype behind him the to problem, see what he can do. The problem with Cadavius Tony is um he did he had two players on the Sunday um and they're not really using him as a wide receiver quite yet. His route running isn't great by all accounts, but um they're using him in that kind of Tavon Austin jet sweep type gadgety play at the minute because he's fast, he's elusive, and he has a good bit of agility but the problem there is if you bring up if he's on two game two plays in a game you know it's going to be like a gadget sweep jet sweep type thing because he's not out there running routes so when he comes into the game he's just going to do a, a jet sweep or something like that so unless they plan to give him this jet sweep where it's a double reverse jet sweep to somebody else maybe but it's just it's so telegraphed his first Jet sweep, I think, went for minus five yards or something like that. So certainly not uh, good. No, not good. But look, that's the beauty of football. You got the next week to get it right. And uh, and for the Giants, they got the short week to get it right now as well. So a bit less time to work on the field um, than they probably would have liked ahead of the game on Thursday against Washington. But I think that's a good point to end this show. Uh, before we go, 
Um, if you haven't already, make sure you are following us on our socials. Uh, we are on Twitter at UndercenterPod, Instagram the exact same at UndercenterPod. Uh, you can watch the shows on YouTube. Just search Undercenter Podcast on YouTube. We release the audio versions of these shows too. If you prefer to listen to us on the go, just search Undercenter Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you will find us there uh we will be back again tomorrow with a preview show for the thursday night game between the giants and the washington football team we might have fion back in time if we can resolve his contract and but we are also hoping to have jerry foley from the giants insider uh newsletter on the show as well to talk to us for a little bit to preview the game. So, uh, Jake, uh, I guess, you know, I'm going to be outnumbered possibly with uh, Giants fans. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Jerry's a real cool guy. I'm looking forward to talking some Giants football with him. Um, also kind of not looking forward to talking about Giants football. So <laughs> we will have to see how that goes. The only thing I have going for me is my hopes that we beat the Washington football team so I can rub it in feeling's face. Well, this is it. This is the first of your pitcher bets as well. Yep, this is the important part because I do yeah. have them to sweep the football team. Um, Daniel Jones has 4-0 against the football team. So I'm hoping precedent strikes and we just keep going. We get our first win of the season. I get to keep my hopes alive for just one week extra. That's it. And you won't have to fork out a pitcher until when Fionn eventually returns back to the show. Maybe if, they, maybe if Washington do win, that's the catalyst to get him back. But look... We'll find out tomorrow anyway. But guys, that is it for this edition of the show. Thank you so much uh, for listening and tuning in. We, Like I said, we'll be back again tomorrow with a preview of the Thursday night football game. But until then, stay safe and we'll see you soon.